0: Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast. My name's Andy Mitten, and unlike the last podcast, I'm in a settled environment. I'm not running for a train at Sellers Park after United have played a game. But the season has finished and United finished third, which I don't think a lot of us could have seen coming for a long time. I'm joined by three different guests today, uh, one at a time. The first one is John Ashton who contributes to United We Stand and he's done a big chunk of the... Technique, which is the in-depth players review that we do in the summer United We Stand. We'll also have Rick Baxter on. Rick is bandit nana. He designs the front covers for United We Stand, which go down really well. I'll, I'll introduce John now because I can hear him typing away. Thanks for joining us, John. No problem, Andy. So you've finished making notes on Bruno Fernandes, have you? Because you've done about seven or eight of the player reviews for the, the technique section in yeah, the summer I mean...
1: Mag- I mean... Listen, some of them are quite simple. Some of them write themselves, obviously, the likes of Fernandes and whatnot. Um, Trying to get some words out of Diego Delot's season was a bit more challenging. But, uh, yeah, we're just about all done.
0: Well, you only had to do 12,000 words on Delot. You're saying that was a struggle. I know I was out of order for asking It a
1: bit difficult. Yeah, I just struggled about who. I just put who and then give him a one out of ten or something. So,
0: finish third. Would you describe this season as a success, even though it's not yet finished? Suppose if you win the Europa League, it's got to be a success. Uh,
1: yeah, it's. Listen, I think certainly at Christmas anyway, we'd have all took third place in the league, wouldn't we? But I think it's more, it's more the upturn, up, upturning form, I should say, um, that I think is the most pleasing thing. Obviously, it's it's more like, I mean, with the way the season panned out, it was more like a sort of means to an end to to getting you prepared for next season, which was which was what I mentioned last time I was on this pod. Um, it's give everybody a massive lift um, the Champions League obviously means that you've you've got that extra leverage in terms of um, you know getting players in uh, probably extra funds as well so yeah I think it would have to go down as a success, I think all you, all you can ever ask for is improvement and I think there's certainly been an improvement if you compare to where we were 12 months ago so for me it'd be nice if you finish with a trophy certainly, I know Europa League's very winnable I might add um, but yeah um, e- either way t- to finish third and be the best of the rest I don't think we could have hoped for any better than that.
0: So United's points average after Bruno was 2.2, and it was 1.6 beforehand. so it's a significant difference. and Liverpool won the league on 2.6, so it's still not running away with the league form, but unbeaten since January in the league, it is much better, but as Ollie's maintained all along, he wants two or three players.
1: We, you could see, couldn't you, in the last few games, we kind of stumbled over the line after flying when we we broke that record of winning by three goal margins. But um, you, you could see the the problem he's got is that when he did bring squad players in, they they've struggled. You look at the FA, two FA Cup games. We we just about beat Norwich, and then was. Um, comprehensively beaten by Chelsea so he, he kind of had had two options was one, rotate your squad and, and perhaps not be as strong or two run that, run that 11, his best 11 into the ground and, and stumble over the line which he did because obviously the best players all looked absolutely knackered by the end of it so his problem's going to be we know we've got a good first 11 that can probably give anyone a game but Unless you're Liverpool, you don't. nobody seems to be able to play that same 11 for 50, 60 games a season. So you need to have some more better options off the bench. You know, it'd be, it'd be great if you've got those three plus one more and you could rest one of them every game. So I think that's got to be his aim for next year. Um, it, it's just about adding to that squad and adding some quality in there so that you can properly challenge and, and rotate your team. Which positions would you add? Uh, I think... Uh, people keep talking about a centre half but I mean our defensive records being actually quite good this season I think kept more clean sheets than any any side in Europe I think I'd read um, overall competitions but there's not many center house about but I think it's more up front in terms of keeping that freshness and being able to rotate players so Sancho's obviously a big name that keeps getting mentioned Um, Does he? I've not seen any transfer speculation (laughs) Yeah well I mean you'd probably be able to tell me a bit more I'm not quite sure how all this transfer speculation does work Andy but I'm sure you can fill me in on that
0: It's madness mate it's absolute madness I mean United do want Sancho, that's pretty clear and he's he's the number one target and has been for a long time but the whole trut of transfer world and the the the, the transfer junkies, it's just a mad, mad world. I did a piece a week ago on United and Kingsley Coman and I'd known about it for three weeks and my sources was as, as good as you could hope for but I thought, you know what, I'm not going to write it today because you just know what's coming. You're just going to get a load of, of uh, abuse, <laughs> anonymous abuse, basically. And I, I checked it out. My, 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 the people have checked it out with absolutely 100%. If I wrote the story today, I'd stand by it. I'd write it exactly the same, which is, he's um, not the a, a target, but players very interested in joining United and United are interested in, in him. as an option if uh, Sancho doesn't come through maybe as a loan as well and well, if, i think that's if, definitely
1: you, you just get like hours of uh, of abuse and like i've, I've just done my, i've just done my job <laughs> and then the, ne- the you next give them, you give them what they what they require they give them what they crave and
0: then they don't like it well if they don't like the news that's when they go mental but the next day i mean every major outlet followed it up checked it out wrote it as as correct so what, what more can i do do you just want me, do you just want me to tell tell you things that people want to hear
1: Mm. Well, that's definitely the position I think would be would be my number one priority for me. A right side of Corden and No Green was doing well out there, but I still, I think Green was long term futures down the middle. Uh, uh, so I think the right winger is probably definitely the position we really need. Um, a centre forward as well would probably be good. Igallo's um, obviously done reasonably well, but he, he kind of looks like a he, he looks like a. He looks like an ex-pro, doesn't he, playing at Soccer Aid or something. You can tell he's got a bit of ability, but it, it, it looks like he's well past his best. So, um, I don't know who you get as a striker. I know they've been linked with him us this morning. I don't know whether he fits no. the profile or whether there's any truth in that, Andy. But...
0: Well, he might fit the tro- profile, but there's no truth in it. So there's the two answers to your question. He's well, well, a good player. There's just, there's just no truth in it at all. So there you go <laughs> what do you jump to yeah, say
1: well, there, there might there be true. The well I mean it'd well, he's, he's, be a lot of money on it for a 30 year old striker so I, I didn't think he really fit what Solskjaer's after at the minute sorry midfield I mean Pogba, whether Pogba stays or goes um, would obviously have an impact on whether you need to buy another midfielder but yeah the, the two key positions for me would be if you could get them I'd probably get another centre half in and get a right winger and then after that a striker and a, and a midfielder but no pressure all that
0: I think the club think getting deals done will be hard. You, you mentioned Igolo. Um I watched the Chelsea game at Andy Cole's house like you do. Uh, <laughs> and my theory was I want to write an article listening to what he thinks of the strikers. And we chose a bad game to do it. But he knows more about strikers than I do. And he really rates Igolo. He says he brings something that none of the other players have got and that he runs in behind and he doesn't just expect the ball to his feet, and that quite surprised me. Uh, don't know where we are going with it, because he's only on loan, and it's not like he's getting minutes in the league, and almost from when he immediately arrived, uh, Ollie went with, um, with with Greenwood over him, but I, I still thought it was interesting. He felt that United need an igloo-type, Type striker?
1: Well, he, he gives you that out and out striker type thing, doesn't he? You know, I mean, Rashford, Martial, Greenwood, you could argue that none of them are proper proper centre forwards. So, you know, sometimes you do need just that bit of a target man, that the person who knows where the net is, you know, someone who, who makes them runs and just has that instinct that they say you can't teach as a centre forward. But again, I mean, how, how many of them are about, you know, we'd all love an Hurricane at United, but you're not going to realistically be going spunking 400 million quid this summer. So, I think it's about prioritising um, it. I personally, I'd like to see him go and unearth another Fernandez, or you know, there's got to be a an up and coming. That, I think that's his, his policy at the minute. It, go and find the next top class players rather than going looking for ready made ones. So, um, I'm sure United's scouting network's a lot better than m- what mine is. So, um, I'd leave it in their hands.
0: Well, I wrote a
1: piece a month ago about a
0: young player at Diego Forlan's club, Peñarol, um Facundo Pelastre, and. United have been on to him, absolutely detailed checks, he's 18 years old, he's rapid, um, spoke to Fallon about him, she said he's definitely got what it takes, but he's, he's uh, in front of goal, he's not ready yet, he's nowhere near ready, and I said, well, do you know anyone who might be able to teach him how to score in front of goal? <laughs> you know, you're <laughs> his manager, and he sort of laughed at that. He could have said, you know, not me when I was at United, but... Yeah, I
1: was about to say he said he wouldn't be him at Old Trafford, that's for sure, but... No, listen, I mean, he, he had a great career, did he? Fallen in the end after he left United. It was unfortunate. I've, I've always said with strikers, the worst thing that they can do when they come to Old Trafford is... Get off to a bad start, you know. You think of the great ones, you you've Nesterov, etc. They were flying from day one, and I think Andy Cole's probably the only one I can think of who, who recovered from a bad start to be a great player. Uh, but there's not many strikers who, who started badly. You know, you think even back to the likes of Gary Bertles. If you get off, it's, it's, it's an unforgiving place as a striker, isn't it? and I think fall line goes something like 20 odd games before he scored a goal first. And yeah. You, you're never realistically going to recover from that at a club, no. I don't think.
0: I'll give you another player because you're right about Cole, but Teddy Sheringham. I think he scored. He scored 14 in his first season, five in his second, six in his third, and then he got 21 in his fourth, and was named Player of the Year. So that that well, that's I, odd. I,
1: I know. I know an editor of a fanzine who nearly got filled in by half the squad for writing some bad things about Teddy Sheringham. So, in his first <laughs> season, but yeah, he, he certainly did. Uh, yeah. Would you remember? Because obviously he, he was replacing Cantona, wasn't he, at, at the time and. Uh, yeah. Everybody said he wasn't putting a shift in and whatnot else, and uh, obviously we fell apart towards the end of that season. And he did get a lot of stick for that. So yeah, yeah. I mean, the year after, obviously the trouble year. I know he scored in the final, but I think he'd only scored three or four goals. I think that entire season. But yeah, I mean, it was when he was sort of 34 thirty-four, wasn't it, when he won the Player of the Year at United. Yeah,
0: and I did end up getting on all right with Teddy. But I was asked a question on TV: Are United fans happy with his form? And I wasn't going to lie. Because at the time he wasn't playing well, but the, the squad went absolutely <laughs> ballistic, and I have to face that in real life, face to face, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we can laugh about it now. Is all I will say. But at the time, but I quite like the fact that they did go ballistic and they did stick up for each other, and uh, and, and with yeah, and no. with
1: that mentality, they won the treble seven months later. Of course, yeah. No, I, I, I've i heard the story from yourself and from ex-players as well, so, yeah, um, they, they they definitely stuck up for him.
0: I've had apologies.
1: <laughs> took 14 years. <laughs> have, you, uh, have you given Teddy one?
0: I got on... No, I, 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 with Teddy... Um, I, think,
1: I think you were right, actually. I think I you were right on your criticism I on his first season because I don't think he was great to begin with.
0: Um, with um, Teddy, I'll, I'll tell you a story about Teddy. So, in 2010, 2011... I got asked to cover a, a veterans tournament in the Caribbean. Now, this isn't normal for me, right? And my missus wasn't as delighted at me going over there either. So did it and I got on, got on fine with him. Uh, I'd interviewed him several times and, and he was fine with me. Um, obviously, it was that, that him and Andy Cole had never really got on and I'd, I'd worked a lot with Cole over the years and he knew that. But he was he was absolutely fine with me. And we just about got into a, a good place with our, our relationship. And he agreed to do an interview for United we stand and he said we'll do it on the plane home. fine I said there's a you know there's a slight issue cuz I'm going to be flying economy back and you're going to be in business class <laughs> and and he went yeah no problem and I'll come down and I'll come down and see you or we'll sort something out and then 6 hours before we flew I got an email saying uh, we've got configuration problems um we're going to have to take you from economy and put you into first class. Now, I've never been in first class in my life, right? So suddenly, (laughs) the players are in business class, and I'm in first, right? So I get there, and I enjoy it for every single minute of it. Would you like a port, sir? What type of port would you like? (laughs) And it's on a British Airways plane, because they were sponsoring the tournament, and the best air stewardesses were coming over. Hello, Mr. Mitten, everything okay for you? Yeah, wonderful. I thought, I've still got to interview Teddy. So I go back through the plane and I see him in business class squashed up with all the other football players Alan Shearer, Dimatteo, Zola, Gus Poyet, people like that. And I say Teddy right, yeah no problem let's let, let's do it. I'll come back. Well actually I'm I'm just in front at the moment. You what? And I okay. <laughs> you, you you little C, he described me as <laughs> <laughs> And then he came forward. I said, mm-hmm. "Well, look, you know, I've got, I've got two, two seats where, you know, there's a lot of space where I'm sat. You might as well come and sit with me." So he sat with me, opposite me. Um, Mr. Mitton, would your guests like any port? Yes. Yeah, so, Teddy, would you like some port? <laughs> and he gave us a brilliant interview for the fanzine. I'll Absolutely. Brilliant. Maybe interview. you want to try that one in the future. <laughs> I've never been in first since. You know what I mean? But <laughs> I enjoyed it, and he just sat there shaking his head, going, "You little fucking knobhead in a cockney accent." You know, <laughs> never told that before, but it's a, it's a total mm. truth. Normally, by the way, I know people think I jet set. Apart from the pandemic, I fly with EasyJet, Ryanair, Welling, or Whiz Air, and whoever it is. Um, Leeds United yeah. finally. Don't John convinced me, mate. Yep. Um, are you looking forward to them coming up? Are you glad they come up, or would you rather they didn't exist?
1: I've, I've had this discussion the other day. If you if you think back to obviously when City was shy and they were in the first division and people were buzzing that they come back up, and you look at where they are now, and you think to yourself, God, you know, why, why was I praying for them to come back? And so you've you've got it's one of the things where you've got to be careful what you wish for. It's great having them where they are. I'd much sooner Manchester City would not we would never play in Manchester City ever again than seeing them potentially win European Cups so um' it's, it's certainly a more thrilling fixture than the thought of watching us at home to West Brom but yeah it's just one of them I'm, I'm just always tentative I'd rather keep them all at arm's length than, than rather see you know it's just it's yet another one of our our other big rivals that, that the the two main ones are already the probably the best two sides in Europe. So, yeah, it's a careful what you wish for approach with them, but it should at least be uh, be tasty selling the fundsy and outside the ground. Yeah, so it definitely should be tasty on the uh, on the forecourt trying to sell the fanzine next year. So it's a fixture to look forward to. But like I said, uh, I'm always careful what I wish for with things like that after what's happened with uh, City. Oh,
0: the delight of wel- welcoming Yorkshire fans back when we're selling the fanzine. M- m- my dad, God rest his soul, he only sold United we stand once. And that was against Barnsley the season they came up. And he thought it was enti- <laughs> entirely normal to be offered out like four or five times when you're <laughs> selling fanzines <laughs> and, and just say, "Come on then, alright put the mags down and then a policeman would come over and, and and stop a fight and he said, you know, I enjoyed it today son but it's full on innit, you've got to be prepared all the time <laughs>
1: <laughs> It's not always like that so not when you're onto Wigan or something but uh, you, you do get an odd knobhead that's for sure. And finally Europa League, go for it and win it or
0: play a reserve team and get better prepared for next season
1: well when you think I mean what date is it towards the end of August and then there's not really a proper pre-season the season doesn't start to September the 12th they've got a couple of weeks rest now I, I don't see any reason at all why you wouldn't go at it proper full pelt Um you know the players are going to the players are going to need games between now and the season started so what better what better preparation than three proper competitive games um against half decent but eminently winnable opposition so yeah it's, it's a trophy it'd be a great trophy and the thing is with it now there's there's no real pressure on it either because obviously the, had we finished fifth i think there would have been genuine pressure to go there and you obviously win the trophy to get in the Champions League but now you, you can go there and you can you certainly play the kids against against Lask obviously because we're 5-0 up but once you get into the so you're, you're three games away from winning a major European trophy so yeah for me, go at it full tilt, um, go into next season on the back of a, a new shiny trophy Providing Lask don't win
0: 6-0 and um, there's, there's some good teams in it? Sevilla are a very good team they knocked United out of
1: the Champions yeah, well, League two we, years we, ago we Inter could, get, a, we could get them in the we could get Sevilla in the semi-finals couldn't we yeah. um, Wolves have been over God, I don't think I could bear another game of playing Wolves but um, it, it's not going to be easy but you know if you were in the Champions League and you said that you, you'd you got to beat Sevilla and Inter to win it you'd be over the moon with that so um, that's the level we're now aspiring to be next season so listen you've got to be beating teams like Sevilla and Inter Milan so you know, in a of full of players, we've just got rid of, so there shouldn't be too much, uh, too much worry there. Sanchez has been doing well for them. Lukaku's done well, but Sanchez is the one that
0: interests me because they now want him and are prepared to pay for him, and he was probably their best player in in the last, um, certainly after the lockdown and, and in the weeks before lockdown.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, he's an interesting one, but I think his time at United's done. I don't think, you know, it was, a, it was a massive mistake, wasn't it, getting him in on those wages and. I think he's built a good bit of harmony with the squad now. The squad seems more together than it's ever been, so I don't think you really need to be bringing them characters back. So, I mean, if Inter Milan wants him, let him go on a free and just tell him that, you know, we're not paying anything towards his wages. He'll have to take a pay cut to go there, but maybe they could give him a big signing on fee or something like that. But yeah, I think that's just one, the end of a, a dodgy chapter in United's history in terms of the transfer market and one they want to sort of stay away from from now on.
0: I'd like to thank you for your time, John. Do you use a VPN? I do. Sometimes when I'm away as a journalist, maybe in a country where there are restrictions on the internet, but other people just like privacy. Your internet service provider can still see every single website that you've ever visited. That's why a lot of people, when they go online, they never do it without using Express VPN. In the US, for example, ISPs can legally sell all your information to ad companies. ExpressVPN is an ad that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so your ASP can't see the sites that you visit. ExpressVPN also keeps all your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. Most of the time, people don't even realize you have ExpressVPN on. It runs seamlessly in the background and is easy to use. Tap one button and you're protected. It's available on all your devices, Phones, computers, even your smart TV. There's no excuse to not be using it. To protect your online activity today with a VPN rated number one by Cena and Wired, visit our exclusive link expressvpn.com it's forward slash united and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com forward slash united expressvpn.com forward slash united to learn more our next guest is Rick Baxter Rick is also known as Bandit Nana and he's the artist who does the covers for United We Stand which people love and uh, when, when we advertise them ahead of the new issue like we did recently for the summer issue um, people really like them, the, the current one has got Marcus Rashford uh, Mason Greenwood and Anthony Martial on the front it's like a take off uh, an old Run DMC album cover from the 80s if I'm not mistaken and with the feedback I mean including from some of the people on the cover uh, has been very very positive so thank you for that Rick and nice one for joining us
2: that's good that's okay oh well I'm intrigued now Is uh, what's who, which person off the cover
0: uh, they are you allowed, allowed to say? They like it. Is okay, what all I'm g- g- gonna say.
2: I'll have, I'll have to be left with the mystery of which one it is then. Um, maybe it was all free. Maybe it was
0: all. Maybe it was all
2: three. Um, What's French? What's French for that? Is an awesome cover. <laughs>
0: um, sorry for interrupting your breakfast. By the way, to come on this That's, podcast.
2: I've, well, I don't. I don't. I don't eat breakfast at the moment. I'm not. i not. Had, no, funnily enough, I've not had breakfast since. Um, Lockdown began. I don't know why. Don't ask me why. But for some reason, when I'm, when I'm working from home, I'm not hungry. As soon as I go into Manchester, on the bus or whatever, I'm absolutely starving by 10 o'clock. So I don't know what it is. It must be some, you must pump something into the Manchester air to make you hungry, purposefully.
0: This is weird, this, because I only have milk when I go to my mum's
2: house. So obviously some Freudian issues you've got to deal with there, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And, like, I'll have a coffee every day for my own, but I can go weeks without having a coffee if I'm not. I don't know. Someone tell us what's going wrong. Why do we demand certain things when we're in certain positions? I can understand, like, when you've had a few and you want a kebab, because maybe that's your body saying, uh, feed me now. Anyway, I'd be talking on this. What was your inspiration behind the the, the current cover, Rick?
2: Well, obviously, the uh, fantastic uh, amount of goals that these. Those three have been pumping in uh, post lockdown. Certainly, um, they've all had a good, they've all had a good season, haven't they? Really, but um, I don't know. I mean, I w- well, actually, what I did is I wanted to put those three on the cover, so I just googled sort of famous trios, and uh, you know, after going through Three Amigos and Three Musketeers, I was thinking, "Yeah, that's a bit, a bit done to that." And then uh, Run The MC pops up, and I was thinking, "Oh." That's good, I uh, like that because it's pretty uh, pretty cool, pretty retro and, uh, you know, attitude and, you know, just look just look good and, uh, and I thought, uh, uh, you know, resonate a little bit with, the, with some of the fans and, and, yeah, surprisingly, it's had a really good feedback on that. There's obviously more R- rum the MC Man United fans out there than I first envisaged.
0: I think the people who were in it at Run DMC love it, and one of them has told Russell Simmons. Russell ran and started Def Jam Records, which was very oh, right. cool. And um, he's got connections in Manchester, Russell. And, really? And he's been told about the cover as well. So.
1: Oh, fantastic!
0: So uh, I'm not had a response from you you might think it's absolutely shit, but as soon as we get. All <laughs> <on, laughs> oh, right. Okay. <laughs> then we'll pass it on to you. What's been your your favourite cover of this season? And and how long how long did he take? Because the level of detail in them is staggering.
2: Well, they do they do vary, obviously, depending on. I mean, I always I always try and I, I, I look back at that uh, counting our twenty years one, and that took me about an hour to do, but it 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 was the end result I was so pleased with because it, the simplicity of it was brilliant. So I'm always looking for that one hour cover to do, but I always end up doing the. You know, fourteen-hour cover. Some of them do take ages. I mean, that Oli Solskjaer one—the the, the the cover just gone. That one took me a long time. Now, luckily, I was on lockdown, so I had plenty of time to do it. Um, but drawing individual Lego pieces, I soon realised what a mistake that was to pick. But uh, I was pleased with that one as well in the end. So I'm glad. I, I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I pushed through and did it. But yeah, some of them, some of them do take a uh, a fair bit. Uh, so you know, uh, hope everybody appreciates that. I've, I've, <laughs> I've
0: not had any feedback from Mick Phelan uh, from that cover where you show him walking into Ollie Gunner's back patio holding toilet rolls.
2: Yeah, well, that took me ages as well drawing individual toilet rolls for, 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 for Mike, <laughs> but you know it had to be in there, it had to be in there. What, what I liked um, about
0: that one was a few days later um, after we'd interviewed Ollie Gunnar and the second part's in this issue. Um, we said look send us some pictures through and he sent us one which was basically your cover of him with the lego behind him we had no idea that was coming
2: no um, i know i remember you i remember you asking me when 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 you when you were going to do the interview have you got any questions questions you'd like to put and i jokingly put um as he got the lego set because you you didn't know what i was doing at the time so i, I thought you'll find that funny once the cover comes out and he and he came back saying yes he's got it and yes, he's building it, which and I thought, oh, brilliant. So, uh, yeah, it's funny that he's actually got a picture of him pretty much uh, in that same kitchen, I think, as well, which is a bit weird because I don't stalk him or anything.
0: Which other covers you like? I was asked by 442 magazine this month what my favourite cover was and going back years, I said, well, it wasn't the champions at last one from 1992 when Manchester United didn't become champions at last because Leeds United won the league. And that was my fault because I'd said, "Yeah, let's print it. We can't, we can't falter from here. We're definitely going to win the league." And and didn't, and we stood outside Old Trafford selling a mag with champions at last on the front cover. But in, in more recent times, and of the ones you've done, I, mean, I love the the gigs one through the years that you did. But I like the, the background story of uh, Ollie, December eighteen. We'd already done a cover um, in the final days of Jose Mourinho. It had actually gone to print. It had been printed. And we knew that Ollie was going to come in and be manager. So I was just up front with the readers and said, look, it's going to cost us X. We'd like to print a new cover. And we just had a surge of subscribers and people ordering it. And then we got it printed in time. We just made the deadline. I had them um, um, delivered to Cardiff, where United were playing. And it all just came together. And I got outside the away end like two hours before the match. And I, I'd got two boxes of fanzines. And people were just coming up. Uh, I dare say that one or two or 97, 98% of them were in drink and just like hugging you and going, Brilliant, Ollie's the man, Ollie's the man. And United hadn't even kicked a, a ball and we sold out of him. And Blackie was selling on the concourse. It was the same for him. So there was such a brilliant honeymoon period around Ollie going to be an a- appointed. And it lasted a couple of months. It didn't stop because the team kept on winning. So that that was one of my personal favourites in, in recent well, just- years.
2: It just shows you that a, you know, a couple of days, or uh, well, well, maybe even one day later, if he'd have announced it then, that that we've had to stay with the other cover, I think. Which, to be honest, I can't even remember what it was now. What what it, what it was going to be. Um, I can't. After co- uh, yeah. Anyway, it's, it's 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 in storage somewhere. I'm sure <laughs> I can dig it out if Fellaini ever comes back. Uh, <laughs> um But yeah, it just shows you that like the timing of that. That was perfect because it, it did give you enough time to to go back and change the cover. So I think that just proves that uh, the stars aligned and Oli is the right man. Um, must be it must be written in the in destiny somewhere. It was meant to be.
0: Is he the right man? Were you someone who backed him throughout this season? I think most people did in United. We stand um, in January. We did a poll saying sack him and yes or no, and eighty-five percent said no. The problems at the club are not are not of his doing. He deserves more time. Uh, I dare say the reaction would have been completely different if I'd, I'd done the same poll on, on on Twitter at the time.
2: Oh, com- completely. I think I think unless somebody does an absolutely horrific shit show and it's and it's and it's evident what they're doing, I th- I think anyone is foolish to write a manager off after half a season. You've got to give him at least two seasons. I think. Yeah. Um, now I know you. Could argue David Moyes, you got got rid of him at the right time, but to be honest, I'm, and I'm glad they did, but 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 you know, I, I would have forgiven the club if they'd have kept him on for another, you know, tried him for another season, but um, but in terms of Ollie, yeah, certainly. Um, it, 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 he's when did you say he ran the poll this January?
0: Yeah, this January.
2: Yeah, well, that's only half a seat. I mean, look, you can see the the steps that he's put in place. Yes, we've not gone and won the league. Yeah, we're not. We're, we, um, you know we're 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 out of the FA Cup and, and all that, but 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 the the trajectory that we're heading on is is better than the one that we were on before he came. So it makes no sense to me to to get rid of him. Keep keep him on, see what he can do. It's looking good. It's looking positive.
0: Who's who's been your player of the season?
2: Um. Well. I'm not going to. Uh, I'm not. I'm not saying anything fantastic here by saying that it's definitely been a season of two halves. And I think you can pretty much divide all the players as well into a first half of the season, second half of the season. So it's easy to say someone like Fernandes because he's been fantastic, but he's only been here half a season. And players like Rashford and Martial and Greenwood uh, have had a much better second half of the season than they did the first one. So I'm going to say. I'm going to say somebody who I think might have been slightly forgotten because they've not had a great finish to the season. But I'm going to say Wambasaka because I think he came in brilliant. He did a brilliant job when he first came in. And I just remember him absolutely uh, just denying Sterling anything in in all of those derby games, pretty much. Um, And I think he was fantastic in those. So I'd give it to him. But obviously, you know, Fernandes is the man, isn't he? Yeah. Let's see what he's like after a full season, though. No.
0: Who do you most enjoy drawing and who is the most difficult and the most easy to draw of the current United players?
2: Drawing or photoshopping.
0: <laughs> it's it's art, though, isn't it? You know, you're not just... <laughs> you're not manipulating a picture, are you?
2: Um, well, no. Uh, I suppose if, it, if it's everything... Taking everything into account, photoshopping and everything, it's got to be David Moyes. I mean, that seven, seven months or nine months or whatever he was at the club, was just, just fantastic. If I could have monetised that, I'd be, uh, I'd be sucking on a lot better quality headphones right now. <laughs> um, but in terms of drawing, I don't know. I don't, I don't mind. I suppose uh, I quite like the, the the retro players are always a lot better because the kits are always always nicer to draw. You so did, let's go with, let's say Brian Robson then.
0: You did an image of David Moyes going to Fulham away wearing gold underpants and carrying a big ghetto blaster. And a bag of cans. And he had a bag of cans. And uh, I showed it to Mr Moyes, and I think he was quite um, sh- shocked. <laughs> cause uh, yeah, well, he's,
2: <laughs> he's, he's he's bought two two copies of the poster. <laughs> so obviously one for, uh, one for the, his manager's office and one for his uh, bathroom.
0: I know, I know it's popular to slate him, but uh, there, there's a side of him which I, people just don't see. He told us a story once of driving around Italia 90 with his mate, Fat Paul, and it's just like him and Moyes, you just build up this image of them <laughs> driving around Genoa and Moyes sending Fat Paul to get food and him coming back with food for himself, but, but not for David. But he's, uh, he's got a good humour about him. You know, in the lockdown... He decided, well, his missus, his wife decided that uh, he was doing a wedding and he, he had to get out of his house. So he needed something to do. And obviously there was no football and West Ham play in London and, and David lives in Lancashire. So he, he enrolled to be a volunteer, to be a van driver, and he borrowed his mate's van and started delivering food around uh, some of the villages just north of Preston. And people, yeah. people, people were like... You look like um, the football manager David Moyes. He, <laughs> he, he, he lives around here, and he was just. Like, we What do you, want you say if you're him? Um, I do realise when when you when you mention him that people associate him with a terrible nine months at United, and I'm not going to pretend it was a success because it wasn't. But that's not to say he's a decent person, and you enjoyed drawing him.
2: No, I. I, I well, I, I, you could probably say that about most people in football. I mean, they've got a. They've got a pretty much. uh have a public face and and obviously they've probably got a much sounder private face you know on them on, on uh, and I imagine anybody who's works in football the, the stories that they must have because of all of the travelling and of all of the the games and all of the people they've met I mean they're probably all even the most boring even Michael Owen's probably got a couple of funny, funny stories up his sleeve somewhere. So,
0: so Moyes, when he was at Real Sociedad, would drive around Spain with his assistant, Billy McKinley, and they used to just argue over who was better out of Dundee or Dundee United, because Billy had played for one of the two of them. And then they drove home from Coruña one night, and it's a long way. They didn't realise how Spain, how big Spain is. So Coruña to San Sebastian is a long, long drive. So they pulled into this village at night, and Moyes is like, find an hotel. Why, why should I find an hotel? You need to sleep as well. So they have an argument and it reminds me of like two cowboys coming into a little village in a western and they're arguing yeah, there's an hotel there how do you know it's an hotel cuz you couldn't speak spanish i from yeah. so they are like you go and proper, find out
2: <laughs> proper pasty as well about bet. Yeah, I
0: <laughs> you, you go and find out if they've got a room no, no that one looks dear that one no we can't go in that one there and it just <laughs> it just builds up this brilliant picture of of both of them and then and then they beat barcelona you know so like you've it, like
2: you've you've convinced me, Andy. Andy let's uh, sack Solshian and get Moyes back. No,
0: I'm not saying that should happen, and, and, <laughs> and I, I think that Ollie looks a lot more certain with the media than David Moyes did, and he had some very mixed messages. But also, everything you say as United manager is going to be pulled apart from a whole variety of different angles. So, something you say that um, could strike a chord with uh, pensioner United fans. Might not mm. with young United fans, something which fans in Manchester might agree with, might not work at all for a United fan listening or watching in India, for example. So it, it, I think he, it's, it's really difficult. He,
2: he, he, he's much better at that, at, at Solskjaer, and he, he kind of knows. I mean, he, he, even uh, Mourinho and Van Hale, who've been around the block, I think he's even better better than those at that, that kind of thing, saying the right thing. It's, often, it's an often mocked thing to say that they get the club. But he, he obviously does, and he's obviously learnt a lot from from uh, from Ferguson Solskjaer. So, and and that and that I think that helps. I think if 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 you're good with the if you if you're good at handling the media, that's one less problem you've got to deal with um, as a manager, you know. And you can spend that time focusing focusing on other things, I guess. So he's done really well there.
0: You are a United fan as well as, as being the lad who does the covers, which obviously helps, and you're a Salford lad, aren't you? And
2: uh, I'm not from Salford, but I, li- I do live there, yeah.
0: in Salford. And you do prints of the covers as well, because people always say, can we buy these? And y- you can, can't you?
2: Uh, yeah, thanks for putting this advert in, by the way. I'll, uh, we hadn't agreed I'll, uh, this, by uh, the way, had I'll we? S- just... I'll send you the money via PayPal. <laughs> no, we hadn't agreed <laughs> No, it. Thanks, anyway, yes... Uh, Without without turning this into a into a massive corporate advert, uh, yes. If anybody does want to buy any of the prints, uh, just get in touch with me, at, uh, Bandit Nana on uh, Twitter, uh, and I'm sure we can come to some financial arrangement. <laughs>
1: Do you not
2: think they're, I don't,
0: a, you're not thinking they're a bit dear, four grand each?
2: Well, David Moyes didn't seem to think so, and he bought two.
0: Imagine if Moy's in his house <laughs> just north of Preston has got a massive image of him wearing gold underpants holding well, a kettle I, blaster.
2: It'd be great if he had that one of me, it, it, the one I did of him looking in, in the charity shield shaving, if he's actually <laughs> got that above his <laughs> above his sink. So it actually was one of them pictures that kept, kept going and going and going into the picture.
0: I, I see humour in a lot of the things you do and I love it and it's the same of a lot of the United Week stand writers, but I'm the one who has to face these people. You know what I mean? And it's they don't always see things the same as we do. And sometimes the, the humour's very northern and they just don't get it. And they just think we're weird.
2: Oh, we are a bit. I mean, I think that's probably why they put us in lockdown again.
0: Oh no, not great. We need, we need to get our fans back at the game. We need... You sell the fans in sometimes, don't you? You're on the podcast.
2: I do, yeah. Which is a bit odd, really, because uh, you know you shouldn't be getting the talent to do the uh, to do the dirty work. Really, I mean, you don't ask, uh, you don't go on the set of Mission Impossible and uh, ask Tom Cruise to go and move the lights about, do you?
0: That's true. I have never thought of that before. But what I'd say is, every single person has done their shift selling United we stand, and it's actually the most enjoyable bit. When you're meeting the the readers and they're coming up and telling you that that was a disgraceful article on page fifteen, and then two minutes later someone comes up and says that's the best thing he's ever read on page fifteen, and you're like, why couldn't you just come at the same time so you could just send them away to argue with each other about it? But nah, you you've got away. I'm
2: quite in, I'm quite lucky. Look- I'm quite lucky in that respect. What selling the mag? Yeah, yeah, I love it because. Uh, all I've ever heard is the sellers moaning about the weather and moaning about opposition fans coming up to him and abusing him, and even home fans abusing him after the game. I've never had anything like that. I must just have one of them faces that just people just think, Oh, you know what? I can't, I can't be bothered taking it out on him today."
0: I think it's not a bad thing to be in real life because so much interaction is done on social media, and just to be face to face with the people who buy the fanzine is not a bad thing, but can have some really weird days one year ago today United played a game in Oslo and I was getting slaughtered on social media for something that had written and uh, at the same time I was selling the mag and people were just buzzing off it and it's just like, wait a minute where does the truth lie here I'm I'm either an absolutely massive fucking fraud and idiot and failure or people like what we're doing you know what I mean, because they're telling us something totally different in real life, so is well, you say sell,
2: You say selling's good, but if, if you've ever tried to sit in Old Trafford seat, tiny, tiny seating with about 300 quid's worth of pound coins in your pocket, <laughs> it's, it's not that enjoyable. I can see why you leave five minutes before the end.
0: I, I do wonder when we come back, uh, that are people using cash as much? Are people going to buy a fanzine with cash? Because I've got no problem if we've got to switch over to... Um, can't read it. Like the, the, the problem is and it's a serious one you can't get a reception outside old trafford you can't' no, get a no, it's crap, isn't it yeah. you, you cannot do it you know i've oh. spoken to some of the people around there and and you can't do it
2: i can't i mean i i i, I drive to the match and uh and i i i don't, I don't think i get a reception until i'm at, at, at Kellogg's factory uh on the way out towards uh, trafford center so it's just it's just it's just mind blowing how bad the bad the reception is
0: the Kellogg's factory between Stretford Fire Station and Massey Ferguson in Trafford Park and the five ways chippy and the smell that you get from Kellogg's on a nice summer's day wow sorry I'm taking myself back to childhood I grew up a mile I grew up a mile from it
2: you're gonna have to go with your mums and get some milk in a a minute and get (laughs) some uh, get some cocoa pops
0: I'd like to thank you for for your time Rick
2: that's all right Oh you just just to go back uh, you asked me what my, uh, what what cover I, I enjoyed doing this season yeah um, and uh, that, that I really enjoyed doing the Harry Gregg one and the reason reason behind that and not only that it got absolutely fantastic feedback which i was which I was petrified about uh, getting initially because you never know with a cover like that um, how it's going to go how it 's going to go down so I, I'd like to thank everybody for, 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 for giving me such a nice uh, nice feedback on that one and i i obviously since i'd started doing the covers i've always wanted to do a sort of uh, a munich based cover but it, it it's very difficult to to know how to how to do it uh, without coming across too mawkish or um a, a offending offensive in, in in any way so um harry's uh, untimely passing um was just a nice a nice way to sort of capture it i think and 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 sort of take that tick that one off um, uh, in, a, in, a, in a nice way and and, and like I say um, it, the feedback it was great, that was the, one of the ones that would know, be really good to get f- nice feedback on because I was so worried of how it was going to be received
0: We probably had a bigger feedback online to that cover than any that we've done and very quickly um, Harry's family got in touch and, and they liked it which is a relief because if they didn't you're pretty stuck uh, and I also realised that Harry's got a very big family, but we made sure that they they all got copies of it. And I think timing's important as well. So in January, you did one of Marcus Rashford in front of Wivenhoe Hall, sort of Lord of the Manor, and then he got injured, and United weren't playing well, and the cover died. You know, we put it online. Yeah, and just just nothing. I do have
2: a, I do sometimes have that effect on players. I do tend to to, to sort of. Uh... To you know, if they if they're having a good uh, purple patch and then they put it do a cover, it seems to suddenly kill it straight away. So blame me for anything uh, that goes wrong uh, next season with those those three on the cover at the moment.
0: It's the same when you're writing. We interviewed Matic pre-season, Singapore. You know, he's a first team player. It's good for a fanzine. He was good. You have just talked about Serbia. I put it on social media. We've just interviewed Matic and it was just tumbleweed. Nobody cared.
2: Yeah, because he got dropped, didn't he? In, in fact, I've actually got a uh, Matic one, sort of half done, because I knew you were going to interview him at the time, um, and I thought, oh, well, I'll be able to use that at some point, and then he just sort of disappeared from the team. Now, luckily, he's back in it, and he's playing fantastically well, so... It's uh, possibility that I can roll one of those out next season.
0: He's playing good enough to do it. He's involved in most the build up to most United goals. Yeah,
2: definitely. It just shows you, doesn't it? Sometimes you don't realize because he's not a because he's not a he's not a flair player. He's not a uh, he's not a noticeable player like Fernandes or or Pogba. Um, but you don't realize until they're out of the team just quite what they do.
0: Well, cheers for doing the cover on this one. The Maggie's now being printed, so. I'll make sure that you you, you get one
2: thank and, you very much
0: and you can order it uh, it will be on sale uh, in the usual outlets i'm not going to lie it's been a struggle with the usual outlets because not as many people are going into city centers or going to news agents we've had an issue with easons who are one of the probably the biggest distributor in ireland they changed their terms, uh, we're a small magazine, we can't afford the terms they're offering to us and I know other publishers have felt the same way, we, we basically we can't produce what we do f- um, at, at a loss and we're going to try and get in other independent news agents in Ireland but if you do buy United We Stand in Ireland, uh, both in Northern Ireland and in the Republic of Ireland, uh, consider subscribing uh, either to the digital edition which is cheaper, uh, or the printed edition. And if, if you subscribe to the printed edition this week from either of those places, we'll throw a free issue in for you because the problems at Easton's, they were sprung on us at the last minute and since I've told people about them, we've had loads of people subscribing. So when you subscribe, that helps us a lot. It helps our cash flow a lot because we do have bills to pay. And for anyone else, just PayPal the money to uwsmag at yahoo.co.uk uh, I've put all the details on my Twitter, Andy Mitten, and it's £4.95 if you're in the UK. That includes your, your postage as well. And the mag, which is a summer special. It's 60 pages. It's a big one. We've got Ollie Gunner in there. We've got Alex Stepney in there. We've got the journalist Nick Robinson in there. We've got detailed end-of-season report on every single first team, youth team, reserve team player. There's loads of uh, decent stuff in there. And it will be being printed as you listen... To, to, to this and on the front is Rick's cover and there's other stuff in there he might have contributed in other ways as well but that's for other people to try, try and work out
2: basically if you're an idiot if you don't buy it
0: thank you for your time Rick we appreciate the support of our sponsors including Harry's Harry's story is that for decades, one big razor company relentlessly increased prices and reaped immense profits at the expense of their customers. So Jeff and Andy, two ordinary lads who were fed up with getting ripped off, started Harry's to fix shaving. Harry's knew there was only one way to ensure quality, so they bought their own factory. By taking less profit and selling directly to you over the internet, Harry's offers their blades at half the price. They're amazing quality blades, a half the price of the leading 5 blade brand or well, what do you get with Harry's Harry's razors include everything you need for a close shave you get a weighted ergonomic handle five precision engineer blades with a lubricating strip and a trimmer blade a rich shave gel and a travel blade cover we've got an offer for united we stand listeners where you can get started shaving with Harry's today and claim a trial set for just £3.95. So you can support our podcast, get your trial set delivered to you, including the razor handle, five-blade cartridge, foaming shave gel, and travel blade cover, by going to harrys.com forward slash united. Right now, that's harrys.com forward slash united.